happen And the name that makes it happen No further introduction to the man that's worth cracking City's clapping for his relentless backing A vast against the former team that just went packing While they're slacking and other hosts are lacking He tells it like it is on issues that nobody's tackling While he's racking the ones who keep on grappling The listeners some followers who get it keep on stacking Great friend and the type to set a trend President to see where haters with the men there's no pretend 17 years, he along with Pierce Entertaining Southern Cali back by popular demand Intense for the listeners to resonate To the hottest topics of the day, check the resume While some local leaders seem to lack the unity My man uses his voice to do what's best for the community Westwood One, catch him on the sidelines Reporting live, what we later see in highlights No holds barred, just like on his timeline Sun filter podcast, no need to follow guidelines Meet any criteria, dropping bombs like Syria Touching down, all around, connected like Expedia Coming to your speakers live from the city, yo Bestie, welcome to the Scott Kaplan Media Great friends, Scott Kaplan Solo Podcast, episode 13 After last week, for those of you that are following along I definitely had to lighten things up this week for those of you that again listen weekly and I appreciate that I'm blown away and flattered when I come across people telling me that they listen or when people comment on Twitter so thank you but after last week with Andrew Pollock whose daughter was killed in the Stoneman Douglas shooting in Parkland Florida by the way this past weekend Saturday these marches around the country inspiring Um, I love seeing all these young people activated, taking to the streets, using social media to organize. And again, they've they've promised this will be it. This will be different. The Douglas shooting will be different. And already it looks and feels that way. But based on how heavy it was last week to discuss something so way outside of the box, I thought this week, let, let's bring it home. Let's, let's bring it back, lighten things up, have some fun. But Still be inspirational. I think that's what you're going to find from my next guest. This is Sam Zion. Most people know him as Sam the Cooking Guy. I've known Sam for many years, um, and I've watched his career in the media world really develop. This is a guy, as you will hear when he tells his story, he was a 40-year-old guy with three children, thankfully a supportive wife, and frankly, he was professionally lost. He'd been into all kinds of different businesses, and by the sounds of it, he was relatively successful, but he was personally miserable. And sometimes in life, as I know I have learned the hard way, sometimes you got to take a risk. There is a time to take a risk. You You may have already had that time. You may have that time coming. I suppose for some people, they never find that time. For me, not that long ago, I took a huge, huge risk in my professional life when I founded a startup company. And I and I say founded, I, that's a little bit of a strong word. It's maybe an ounce of an exaggeration. But I would say when we, when we invested, and I say we, my angel network of investors invested in a tech startup company. I'll be talking more about it as the weeks go on. But it was a huge risk to go to your friends who have offered the opportunity to become angel investors when the right opportunity presents itself, and then you think that you found it, and you go to that network of people, and you say, I'm ready. Taking That's a huge risk to take to, to get friends involved in a business that, like most startups, it's a risky proposition. Sam tells an amazing story about when he had to take a risk. 
when he was so upset with what he was doing professionally that he finally came up with the idea that he was going to become a travel guide for video, for television, and he thought he had this great brainstorm. And he was ready to go. I mean, he was traveling, and he was putting together his reel, and he was trying to find places to have the regular guy travel segment on television news channels. I mean, he, he didn't go into it as a real media professional, hardly. You'll hear all of it coming up. And 9-11 happens. And while he was moving from one career to finally getting into television and this travel show idea, once 9-11 happens, there are no more travel shows. That industry is going to hurt for a while, and it did. So he pivoted yet again and invented this character, Sam the Cooking Guy. And when you hear how he did it and when you hear how resourceful he was, think about your own life. Think about your own job. Think about how many people you know that say, I would love to get out of this job, but I'm dependent on the paycheck and I just don't have the money to go commit to trying something new and something different. Sam actually tells the story of how he's inspired other people and has asked them to pump the brakes like, hey, just because I did it doesn't mean you should do it. So this is a really interesting interview. I mean, first of all, Sam's a very funny guy. He's a great television personality. We start off talking about infomercials. And he's on a a pretty popular infomercial right now. And some people think that's selling out and it's cheesy. And Sam is a guy who's got three kids and a wife and a house and a business. And um, that's what it is. It's it's being in the business of being Sam, the cooking guy, the television personality, the author. And in this case, the infomercial guest host. So, again, lightening things up, but still inspiring through other people's success. Episode 13 of the Scott Kaplan Solo Podcast in the home of Sam the Cooking Guy. And just like that, we're going. We're going. Technology is great, isn't it? It is. So thank you for having me in your house. Thanks for coming here, man. I've seen your kitchen on TV a million times. Thank you. And I'm glad to be here. But when I get here, you're on crutches. (laughs) What's going on? Fucking idiot. I've got, so I have three, three sons, I think you know. Uh, the middle one just came in from Portland the other day. What's he doing there? Uh, he lives there. He's going to school. How old is he? His fiance is 25. How old's your oldest? Uh, 29. Damn. Yeah, and the youngest is 23. Whoa. We still call him the baby. <laughs> and so um, yesterday the boys wanted to go to the beach for a quick dunk. And Kelly goes, you know they're going to want you to go into." I go, okay, I'll go into. You know. Not normally liking 30 degree, not 60 or whatever it is. It's generally not my thing, but I go, fine, let's go. So we go and um, two of us go in right away, myself and the youngest one, uh, and Jordan, the middle one. Jordan and I go in right away and the baby goes, I just want to warm up for a second. So as we're coming out of the water, he's coming towards the water. And I said to Jordan, let's go hug him because we're freezing and he'll be pissed off. (laughs) <laughs> so i go from walking in one direction to a instant sprint in the opposite direction and i take about two steps and i hit the deck because there's a pain so bad in the back of my calf i can't believe it and i turn around and i say what the f did you throw at me to jordan he goes nothing i would have thought something bit me it uh it was it, honestly, I thought it was a rock, and but I'm thinking there's no real rocks here, and sand isn't going to clump. Sand isn't going to clump that hard, that fast. 
So what the hell happened? I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, hit the deck like a ton of bricks. And? And I realized I probably twisted or pulled something. And um, and you think it's your Achilles. I've now fully self-diagnosed it. <laughs> and with the aid of Derek Samuel. Do you know Derek? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, Derek uh, was with Brad last night and he called me and he goes, no, I think it sounds like this. And everything I was describing to him, he goes, yep, that's it. Yep, that's it. Yep, that's it. In fact, he was almost cutting me off. He didn't need to hear what I had to say about how it happened or what I felt. He goes, I got the name of a guy. I want you to call him tomorrow. I'm going to follow up with you. And then you'll take it from there. Have you called the guy? Just before you came, I was on hold for 10 minutes. With the guy. And then Kim came in. Mm -hmm. And not with the guy, just waiting, waiting to get for the guy. somebody. To talk to the waiting guy. Waiting to make an appointment. Mm -hmm. I mean, what are these people like curing what? Everything. They're so popular. <laughs> yeah, being a I doctor. I complain. I could go back to Canada and... You know, look, unless there's like blood and guts and shit coming out of your eyeballs, you go on a waiting list for six months to have yeah. something done. So I'm thankful. But Don't you know anybody? I mean, I would think a big TV star such as yourself know. would know people. So funny. I don't know anybody. People always say to me, oh, have you met? And they start naming you know, like television. Stuff. I go, it's like the same thing. Because I'm from Canada, people are like, oh my God, you're from Canada. Do you, like, do you know Neil? <laughs> yeah, we all know Neil. <laughs> I don't. I figure you would know sports medicine guys before I, I do. I've got a ton of guys for you. Yeah, okay. So I came in and you've offered me tea, mm -hmm. which is awesome. Mm -hmm. If somebody came to my house and they wanted tea, I would go to my pantry and i'd have like a thing of tea bags yeah you know like uh, and just saying tea bags sounds funny to me <laughs> and, and by the way i'm so glad that we're doing my podcast this week together because yeah. last week um i had this really really heavy emotional podcast yeah this will not be that no i needed to lighten no things one's up. crying i wanted some laughter yeah so, so start start by take the little thing out now this, that your tea's steeped enough okay this right here this little silver yeah, so thing you can't see this but scott is drinking what's called genmaicha Mm -hmm. uh, tea and it's got little pieces of rice in it and stuff. It's I find it really interesting. I like Asian teas. Do I put this in in this? Yeah, just to keep it from. Going I thought you were going to give me soy sauce based, no based soy on sauce. the. No. <laughs> based on okay, so now now you can drink. Yeah, okay. yeah to the podcast. Uh, like uh, so I my my voice for like weeks. I know it's been killing. I know, me. I know talking all the time, all the time. So, okay, so you, you think you may have an Achilles injury, but you're not sure. The internet has made me believe I do. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. And Derek Samuel, I think, though he hasn't seen me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you have three kids. Three you said boys. 29. Yeah. Uh, 29, 25, and 23. Wow. Yeah. All grew up in this house? All grew up in, mostly in this house, yeah. The baby was born, nobody was born here, but... but uh, We've been here about 22 years. And how'd so. you get from Canada down to San Diego? Make this as fast as I can. Yeah. Kelly and I got engaged in Vancouver. I wanted to be in advertising. Mm -hmm. And in those days, like the 80s, you, advertising in Canada was in Toronto. Like if you wanted to be in the movies, generally you go to Los Angeles. I wanted to be in advertising. We moved to Toronto, worked for an agency for a couple of years. Um, went and started to work for one of their clients. The client sold their business to a French-Canadian parent company, um, moved everybody to Montreal, didn't want to move to Montreal. And then I thought like the only thing I ever really wanted to do when I grew up was be in the movies in some capacity. So I got a job as a production assistant. In and, Canada? In Canada, in Toronto, doing like the worst shit known to man. Production assistant, 
means piece of shit. <laughs> they ought to call the, it POS rather than PA. Right, the worst lackey ever. <laughs> it's like, go get coffee, uh, carry this hose, sweep up the actors, dog shit's crap. Dog shit, dog's crap because they just shit everywhere. Not the dog shit's crap. No, right. Well, the dog does shit crap, but also go pick that up. <laughs> stand here, do, a, do nothing. It's just very boring, but it really is the way in. And I did that for three months. And my brother that had an agency in, in um, L.A. called up one day and he goes, you know, we have a client uh, called Penguin's Frozen Yogurt. They're doing really well. You want to go in on a uh, franchise? I go, yeah, let's do it. So he, my dad, and my, my father and I bought a franchise in Tempe, Arizona, right outside of uh, Phoenix and Scottsdale, and opened a Penguin's Frozen Yogurt. They had it a year and a half, sold it to the guy that had the, the, the rights to Tucson, and I got my real estate license the day it came in the mail. We decided to move to San Diego because we had some family here. Moved to San Diego, got my real estate license here. And by the way, if you're going to get a real estate license, it was much more difficult in California when it was in, than really? it was in Arizona. Did you ever use the real estate license? I used it here for five years. Really? I hated almost every second of it. Really? Why? Yeah. It just wasn't me. I don't like self-promotion. I'm not good at that, and you have to be good at that. And yet here you are on TV. You've got books. But it's different. But you know what? So I'm on, I'm on the DSC every Friday morning talking food. Okay, just real quick for everybody yeah. that's not in San Diego. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people around the country that see Sorry, this stuff on Twitter. Sorry, that's why you're on it's that a, side. It's a local FM radio show, yep. heritage radio show. Absolutely. Like, kind of like the longest standing Absolutely. radio show Been in San Diego. around a long Diego. time, right? Right. And I, 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 you know, Billy Ray and I now, yeah. we're, we're kind of like in the number two position now. Right. Because, you know, DSC has been number one for a long time, even before that, maybe Jeff and Jer. Yeah. And we were number three yeah. in terms of just, you know, seniority, if you will, years on air. DSC is still number one, and we're several years behind those guys. Right. So you're on their show every Friday. You were so saying. I'm on there every Friday. And, at the you know, near the end of the show, Dave says, okay, what do you got going on? What are you going to talk about? You know, what things in your life, promotion-wise, you want to talk about? And I'm like, hmm. He goes, wow, you really suck at this. <laughs> I go, I, 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 yeah, if I had something, I, could, I would tell you, but I can't remember. And, and so being a realtor requires going to a cocktail party and passing out business cards. Hey, you might not be looking right now, but the day you are, do you know anybody that's in the market for? It's that kind I, of. I have you a friend of mine. Start there. I have a friend of mine who's in real estate. Yeah. And he's and he's got the big personality. And yeah. He loves it. Yeah. And he'll call me, and I'll, I'll always see a voicemail. It'll be like once every two to three months. Yeah. And I know he's sitting in his office and he's going down, going his down list that list. And he's going, okay, Scott Callahan calls me. He goes, hey, brother, I haven't Scott's seen you in a long know time. Somebody. I know you, I, I haven't seen you in ages and I miss you and I'd love to get together. But in the meantime, if there's anything I can do to help you or anybody. I can't do that, Scott. Yeah. That's not me. Mm -hmm. In fact, I had a friend who felt kind of the same way and he used to refer to us. He goes, you know what we are? I go, what? He goes, we're secret agents. <laughs> we don't want anybody to know. <laughs> the <laughs> kind of agents you are. so funny. That's exactly right. But I did tell myself, I thought something good would come out of it i believe that I believe no matter what you do something good will come out of it so for the people that are listening right now they think they hate what they're doing and there is no hope one day hopefully you'll be doing something that you like more that will be because of this will be because of what you're doing now or what you're learning now or what's in your head now will help you in the future do you like what you're doing now love what i do now okay so then let's let me just ask this yeah because i want to get to go ahead because here's the thing real quick yeah and we're in the middle of a story i asked you about your kids um i was in florida last week mm -hmm. i went to a gym like an la fitness i was on a elliptical mm -hmm. machine yeah. 
and I'm chatting with a friend, but I look up on the TV bank <laughs> and there's an infomercial with you. Mm. And I'm like, that's so cool. That's so awesome. F I, Phillips I, Indoor Smokeless Grill. Is that what it is? By the way, it works, yeah. Is it good? Yeah, absolutely. Really? It's crazy. You have a barbecue? Yeah. You probably don't need one, especially because you live in San Diego. But think about people that want to grill. Mm -hmm. And this is not a commercial, I'm just saying. Think about people that want to grill and they live in fucking Minnesota or some godforsaken weather place and you got, you know, 10 months of winter. Mm -hmm. They can't do it. Or somebody that has a motor home or a boat that can't have live fire and stuff like that. So you, so it you, works really well. How do they find you to do an infomercial like that? Well, it, so it was, it's for Phillips, which you know is a gigantic name mm -hmm. in, in everything they do. And the company that they use to put together this infomercial that just recently uh, did one with Gordon Ramsay for an, another product. That I, also, I was just back there three weeks ago doing another infomercial for Phillips for an air fryer. Um, they charged this company with finding unknown infomercial people. Right. So you don't want to be somebody that's already been known they didn't to promote a product. They wanted people that were more regular people oriented. So Gordon Ramsay has a big following as an author on how to fix your finances, a radio show, same deal. Is that no, right? The chef. Oh, I have no idea who you're talking about. I'm talking about yeah, Dave Ramsey. Hell's Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey, right. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay, the, the English oh, chef that oh. swears and says, fuck you. You don't know how to cook anything, you oh idiot. Oh my God, that how guy. funny. I'm Hell's Kitchen. Okay, got it. Master chef. Okay, I'm with you now. I don't yeah. really know his work that well. Not your world, my world though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dave so, Ramsey. Dave Radio, Ramsey, that's world. funny. So, so they wanted kind of regular people. They used, there was three of us in it. If you remember the commercial, there was another guy, a guy named Art Edmonds, who does infomercials, but he played the host. He didn't cook. And then an, another woman, um, uh, Nicole. Uh, Whatever her name is. Yeah, Nicole. Uh, Coley Cooks is her Instagram and mm -hmm. her Twitter thing. She cooked sort of the um, female-friendly voice. And then I was meant to be more the um, well-known, published ex chef. expert. Yeah, but you have three books. Yeah, and yeah. You've but got I, Sam yeah, the I Cooking to Guy's the, a title. The male voice to the to the thing. And when it came time to describe in detail how it worked, why it worked, mm -hmm. that fell on my shoulders more than it would have fallen on Nicole's shoulders. So, did somebody write a script for this infomercial? There's a script, and it's a loose script, okay. and we refer to it. Oh, really only from time to time when I need to look straight at the camera and spout off a lot of technical stuff yeah. that the video will then become like B-roll yeah. or animation or something. That's generally when we use that. Apart from that, they're very good about saying, this is only a guide. We want your own words to do this stuff. You're and, a character. And You're I've a been, personality. I've been an infomercial fan as long as I can remember, but I only like food infomercials. I don't care about ladders that will extend to your top floor, but will fold to go into your back pocket. Mm -hmm. I don't care about what will clean your tires better. I don't care about cloths that will take grit off your dog <laughs> and sh then shine your, your stemware perfectly for a fancy party. How about this? How about motivational speakers? No. No Anthony Robbins? No. I love Anthony Robbins infomercials way back when. I love them. Yeah, it wasn't my thing. Okay, gotcha. It wasn't my thing. Okay. How about, how about this? How about Body by Jake nope. exercise equipment? Come on, Jake Steinfeld? Don't give an S. Don't care. I like how sometimes you curse and sometimes you use abbreviations know, for cursing. I know, it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> I like saying AF a lot, yeah. but I also say fuck a lot, a lot. Huh. Anyway. Why do I do that? I don't know, but it's, it's funny. It's like some weird version of self-censorship. Let me ask you this question because 
so much of, of what I talk about on this podcast yeah. is about success and the things you're talking about, Bring you know, going on, yeah. from not being happy in whatever career you were in to getting to happiness today or yeah. more happiness professionally. Um, and you're talking about these infomercials. Yeah. Do you make a lot of money when you, you do can those? can make really decent money. Can you say not decent? complain. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely you can. And so you get, you know, I don't know what everybody else's deal was, mm -hmm. but my deal was for X dollars that I was really happy with. Mm -hmm. And then if it ran a certain period of time, another really nice chunk. And then if it runs again for another certain period of time, another really nice chunk. So you're, you, you know, you're looking at this and saying, okay, look, I'm continuing to expand my brand. I'm just guessing. Absolutely. I, there's no shame in doing an infomercial. Look, I don't think so, but I know for a fact there's people that will look at me and go, dude, really? A fucking infomercial? Sorry, dude, really? An effing infomercial? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah. So we haven't talked about this. I'm starting a little restaurant this summer. Yes. In, in the I've little Italy food this, hall, yes. mm -hmm. right? So it's a, it's a one spot in a six spot food hall. Uh, it's called Not Not Tacos. A friend of mine goes like this. Hey, but let me ask you something. I go, yeah. He goes, what if you end up in, in airports with, with the restaurant? I go, yeah. And? And what? He goes, well, would you want that? I go, oh, I don't know. Somebody goes, let's put you in 20 airports. Yes, I would want that. Of course. Look, what I'd like about what I do really is the diversity. I wake up every day and it's different. I get to do this. I get to do whatever, all this kind of stuff. I love this stuff. I really do. Um, well, what's interesting though to me is... But that's me. I know not everybody digs that. No, no. But what I'm finding interesting though is that you have found a way, check me on this, Yeah. to make money. Mm-hmm doing something fun and interesting and for the most part just really being you absolutely most people in their regular jobs who are dependent upon their paychecks yes don't have the financial resources to bail and say i'm going to try something new and besides not just having the money most people come on let's face it most people don't have the guts to say i'm going to completely go for something out of the ordinary in particular when you have kids so when you when your kids were young, because you said Look, your oldest is twenty nine, yeah. your youngest is twenty three. What did they know dad as? If somebody said to them when they were ten years old, "What's your dad do for a living?" What would they have said? Oh, then uh, I, I was a biotech guy. Yeah, I, I was the before this. I was the director of operations for a biotech company. But here's the thing: I mean, you talk about having guts and stuff, mm -hmm. and maybe in my case, it was it was not necessarily guts. Honestly, it could have been it could have been more stupidity. I left a reasonably well paying job with insurance and benefits and all that stuff to go into something that honestly, Scott, I had no right going into. I tried to start, the idea was a travel show based sort of on a trip I'd taken to Tokyo. I went to Tokyo with my brother-in-law when I was 40, he went for business and, and I went for um, just a 40th birthday present. How so. old are you right now? I'm 58. So this is 18 years ago, you go on a trip. Yeah. So Tokyo. I go to Tokyo, right? He goes to a convention every day mm -hmm. and every day I'm out by myself during the day alone, walking the streets of Tokyo, taking cabs, taking subways, trying to figure out what to eat, not knowing what anything is, that kind of stuff. And I came home, I was thrilled about it. And I told my friends and a lot of my friends were like, I mean, I could go to Tokyo with somebody, but I don't know if I could do what you did, like ramble the streets alone. I go, see, for me, that was really fun. But there was a bigger point there that people just generally weren't always comfortable getting out of their comfort zone. They, won't, they weren't good with that. 
So I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could start a travel show that encouraged people to don't go North Dakota again this summer, do something different. So you're a biotech guy, a biotech what guy? Director of operations. Okay. You're a biotech director of operations. You sound like you were really qualified to be talking a lot of biotech. Am I wrong? Were you a really good talker of it? I mean, did you remember, remember the real estate thing? I said, I I knew something good would come from it one day. The guy, I sold a house to a guy who called me up one day and he goes, okay, now I'm starting my own company. I'm looking for like 25,000 square feet commercial space. Can you help me? Do you know about commercial real estate? And I said, yes. Did you? He goes, good. Hung out the phone, went to my broker, a guy named Jim Feitelson and said, I know nothing about this. What do I do? He goes, I'll help you. He goes, it's just bigger. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. You can do it. I'll help you when it comes to contracts and stuff like that. But in the middle of the search for this 20,000 square feet, the guy said to me one day, he goes, you know what? This is really good. I, I like this relationship. Why don't you come work for me? And I go, what do I know about biotech? He goes, you'd be the facilities manager. You know, real estate, construction, blah, 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 purchasing all this kind of stuff. You'll be great at it. So I did that for two years for him. And then the guy who was the director of operations, that came from Johnson & Johnson, turned out to be an asshat. And he got the boot. He actually sued us along with two other guys. Just pieces of whatever. Don't even bother going into Oh, I've got plenty of lawsuit stories yeah. to share. So they sued the company anyway. And they ended <laughs> up getting a little something, the pieces of shit, and I still hate them for it. But this guy was an asshat, and he got the boot, and I became the director of operations. Insane. Insane. And I liked it for a couple of years, but along with everything else that I had done up to that point, I always get to that moment when I'm like, I don't like this anymore. Did you, were it you? Like, it was like a Goldilocks and the three bears. You know, she couldn't find a comfortable bed. I couldn't find a comfortable career. I understand. But, but let yeah. me ask you, you're 40 years old. Yes. Your children are, you know, 11 ish, seven ish and five and they're kids. Do you have enough money? Cause you had worked for this biotech company and yeah. maybe you'd made some money at that point. Do you have enough money <clears throat> no. at 40 years old to say, fuck? No, I don't. Mm. So what? So what here's what I have. I have a house that's appreciated. Mm-hmm. And in those days, you could pull mine out of your house for almost no reason with almost no qualifying verification documents being filled out. I remember those days. I, I was hate, part of that problem. I hate to say that I probably c- contributed to the, of course. the whole thing. But we you know... Did. We all did. Hey, we were all raising our kids, man. We were all right. 40 years old and we all lived in these neighborhoods yeah. and our kids were going to these schools and it seemed as though they were saying, here's free money. And most of us, I mean, I put myself in this category are not really sophisticated to the point of really understanding money. My dad taught me nothing. Same. Yeah. Nothing. Zero. My mother put everything on credit cards. My father yes. complained about everything being on credit cards yes, yes. and my father paid for cash yes. for everything. So yes. I learned nothing about nothing. money as a kid. So, um, but here was the important part. When I came home that first day and said to Kelly, I've had an epiphany. I used to sit, now you can't see what I'm pointing at. Scott can, but the listeners can't. I'm pointing to a corner of my sofa that I used to sit every Sunday with a Sunday paper looking for inspiration in the help wanted general section. I literally would run my finger down the columns and look for something, hoping to find a description, a job title or whatever that would, that would speak to me. And of course that doesn't work like that. So I come home one day and I say to Kelly, all right, I think I figured out what I want to do. I said, I want to start a travel show, short segments, encouraging people to go to places they don't think they could go. Yeah, but you have no experience at all. Kelly goes television. like this. Kelly goes like this. That's maybe the best idea you've ever come up with. I think you should do this. Oh. But 
what you couldn't see was what would have been in the bubble above her head that <laughs> would have read, this is a terrible fucking idea. He has no chance at this, but I know he's miserable in his career. So this will get him out of that. Two months from now when he realizes he cannot possibly make it in television, he'll then be forced to find something that will maybe bring him some happiness. Because I'm a happy guy. I go to bed happy. I wake up happy. I've got happy friends. Everything's good except my work life sucked. So this was Kelly's way of forcing my hand by encouraging me. This will lead him to being to having to find something that he likes. And, and two months later, when it didn't work, it didn't work because 9-11 happened. And now it couldn't. Nobody was buying a travel show in the days following 9-11, especially from somebody that had never traveled, really. <laughs> I'd only hardly anything apart from this Tokyo trip. And had never been on TV. But go to the beginning of it, though. I mean, yeah. as, where's your mind at in terms of, okay, well, what do I need to to actually produce what I'm talking about. I mean, from the very... I, I, was, I, was, I was focused on one thing. Mm -hmm. I needed the, um, the TV version of a business card, which was like a two-minute demo. Okay, you needed a sizzle reel. I needed a little sizzle reel. Mm -hmm. Never liked that term, but that's exactly what they call that's it. That's what right? they call it. So my plan was, I'm going to Tokyo. Oh, you're going to spend money now. And I'm going money. to Hong Kong. With a couple guys, I'm going to shoot some demo footage, come back, put it together. Because I'm not Brad Pitt in every sense of the word. But I can't walk into a TV or a movie station, movie office, and go, hey, JB, here's my office. Right? A regular guy travels in Tokyo, comes back and shows you how to do it easily. No one's buying that for me because I have no credentials. So I had to let them see what it looked like. So how much money at the beginning... Were you well, willing we, to invest to go shoot this? It wasn't going to have to be very much because I, I managed to convince the Hong Kong tourist board to help underwrite and a hotel group in Japan to help underwrite. So we were getting flights for nothing. We were staying for nothing. We were getting some transportation. So it wasn't very much. And the other two guys that were going to go with me weren't getting paid. They were going to get a week trip to Tokyo and Hong Kong. And they were shooting for you? They were going to shoot, come back, put the little reel together. Mm -hmm. If we got work out of it, then they would get mine. Okay, good. Okay. Wow. That's now, okay, time out. Yeah. Because again, average guy tunes in and goes, yeah. I don't have the money yeah. to go leave my job that I hate to go try and become this. Something, but, okay. But you, you just, just talked about, you found a way to be resourceful. I found I mean, a way. Who the hell calls the Hong Kong tourism board? Yeah. And gets free flights and shit. I mean, how'd that yeah, happen? But manages to convince them to do it. Yeah. And they would write letters. They would write me emails. Things like, uh, Mr. Zion and blah, blah, we're in receipt of your letter. You know, whatever, however people in business talk. And I don't mm -hmm. talk like that. Can you tell us the experience of the crew and the things you've done? And blah, blah, this kind of stuff. <laughs> so I would write back, honestly, Scott, like 12 paragraphs when they only wanted a couple sentences. Dancing around the topic, bamboozling <laughs> them, trying to convince them. You need to understand, <laughs> the point of the show is not lifestyles of the rich and famous. We're not asking for that. This is meant to be encouraging. This is so people watch TV in their home, you know, in San Diego, in Chicago, in Los Angeles, in Detroit, wherever they are, listing all these cities, like presumably the show will air there. Mm -hmm. I called it a pilot. Mm -hmm. People watch these little snippets on the news in the morning or at night and they go like this. That looks doable. I've thought about going to the to to, to to Hong Kong. 
I didn't think I could do it. That guy makes me think I can. Let's go there. That's what this is all about. Never really answering their technical questions, but they were, they were all up for it. So, but now listen, you mm. ask, how's a guy without money supposed to do this? So whenever I'm like in a big group, I get asked this story because people know that I didn't start off going to culinary school, working in restaurants, anything like this. I say cooking found me rather than the other way around. Um, and people ask these questions. And every so often somebody will come up after and go, you know what? I'm encouraged by your story. Two cases. One, a teacher, female teacher came up and said, I, I really want to act. I'm thinking of quitting teaching. I was like, whoa, hang on, sister. I want you to think this through. What if you commit a real job that you clearly have or had passion for at one time? I'm not saying it hasn't waned a bit, but teaching is a calling. Now they should be paid more, but that's another conversation. That's a whole right? other another Oprah. So you quit your teaching job. You start to act. What happens if you suck? Can we all see those people on American Idol? And a lot of them, I'm not talking about the William Hungs of the world, though maybe he did, but a lot of them think they're really good mm -hmm. and they're not. What if you just think you're good, turns out you're not good, then what? She goes, oh. William Hung, wasn't there another one that was really, really, really bad that we all loved because he was such a train wreck? The name is all of a sudden coming to me. You ready? Mm -hmm. Sanjaya. Sanjaya. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, but see, I think, I think there was a... How do I know this? It's, it's, it's really weird. Up yeah, please keep head. going wherever yeah. you are going with this. Yeah, so the okay. teacher, the teacher so and the, the teacher acting. I go, so how about this? How about you involve yourself in community theater? Weekends and nights. You start that way. You start smaller. Maybe you find out you're great at acting and they realize this. And a few productions later, now you've got some credentials. You've got some experience. Now you want to quit your job, quit your job. But what if you get there and A, you're no good. But what if you get there maybe doing community work weekends at nights is enough to fulfill that lack inside your body of, you know, personal happiness, whatever this thing that you think you want to do. I bet you it'll make you a better teacher. I bet you'll learn things in theater that will make you better in the classroom, but maybe you get there and you go, you know, it really wasn't acting after all it's costumes or lighting or direction or something. She goes, that's a good idea. I go, don't jump off a cliff because you heard me do it and it worked for me. Sorry, that's my coffee machine cleaning itself. Wow. So I've got it trained. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a good machine. Coffee machine just started cleaning itself. It did. <laughs> After like 20 minutes of non-use or something. <laughs> An accountant, a male, comes up to me one day and he goes, always wanted to be in the bakery business. think I'm going to just throw in the, the accounting towel and try and buy a bakery or something. I go, what are you doing? Why would you do that? You know, you're, you're up at like two in the morning or three in the morning baking bread, right? He goes, yeah. I go, what if after like a month of it, you can't stand the smell of flour anymore? <laughs> or you don't like being in retail or, or whatever. Why don't you do this? Why don't you go to a bakery you admire and say, let me work here for free. But hold me to the standards you would to any other employee. I won't cost you a cent. And maybe I'll be a bit of a burden in the beginning while you're teaching me, but certainly after three or four days, I know where the 50 pound sacks of flour and sugar are. I know what time to put them into the machine. I know how to set the ovens. I can come early, that kind of thing. Get your hands in, figure out if you like it. So I think there's, I think there's a way, and maybe it's not a complete job transformation that people need to, 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 to achieve. But for me, I was looking to be happy and I found it. If you're sitting behind your desk at the 
auto body shop and you like it to a certain extent, but you wish you were an entertainer, then start going to open mic nights and singing and, and doing free gigs or, or take a guitar down to the Embarcadero. And, you know, people sit around, they complain, I'm better than that Sanjaya on American Idol, but they don't do anything about it. I did something about it. In my case, it worked. Well, but hold on. Yeah. You, you decided to create this, this travel show that, by the way, given... 18 years later, the yeah. brand that you've built your, for yourself. Yeah. You know what? I'm like hearing my mind of a producer here's I'm like, let's go do the travel show now. Only now take you to different restaurants around the world that, that are not the most expensive places in the world. Almost like the international diners, yeah. drive-ins and dives because you've yeah. built enough of a brand and a name for yourself and a look and a TV personality that if you ever wanted to just, you, you can yeah. do anything so you the want funny to thing, now. So, right. So the funny thing is, is that, um, the travel that I thought made sense in the beginning has now made its way back into what I've done. For the show, we've been to well, Canada, which you know, home for me, but that was an easy one. Uh, New York, which was easy too. We've done Hawaii now. We've been to so you're uh, incorporating. Fiji. We've been to New Zealand twice. Are we've you, been to Hong Kong twice. Wait, but are you back to the same old tricks of, and I say tricks respectfully, I'm being very serious though. Yeah. Did the experience of, of the pilot and calling these agencies yes. and having them welcome you, yes. are, do you utilize that now? Mm -hmm. Or do you have some extravagant production budget? No. Hong Kong Tourist Board paid for both of our trips to Hong Kong. New Zealand Tourist Board paid for both of our trips to, to uh, New Zealand. I was asked to be a chef at a big food show in New Zealand a few years back. And the woman that was that was putting on the show um, liked my whole regular guy thing. Because everybody's, the people that have these things are chefs, and I'm not a chef. So I don't speak chef terminology, which is what people like. Um, I don't use fancy technique because I don't really have it. Yes, my skills, my cooking skills, my knife skills, my whatever technical skills in the kitchen are way better now. Pardon the plane landing in my back here. No, no, it's okay. For anybody who's not in San Diego, I love this. Because I have so many friends. Sam, can you imagine? Last year, the radio show had over a million downloads off the, the station's website and other platforms. Yeah. A million. But it's crazy. My, but my friends around the country never downloaded any of them. And I put out that I have a new solo podcast that I do stuff that's not sports radio related. Right. And now, all of a sudden, people are contacting me from all over the place. I'm like, guys, I've been... This content's not this, but similar has been available. But see, so when but people see, people don't know that F-18s fly over your house all day long from Miramar. We call that the sound call it the sound of freedom. Right on. Let them let them bring bring it on. Right. I love that. So do I. I, um, love, the, I love the sound. Yeah. Where were we? Um. Hold on. Yeah. Hold, oh. So I asked you if oh. using your skills in oh, the I early was saying, days, yeah, yeah. And, and you went oh, to no. New Zealand. So I said New Zealand. Uh, so I'm doing that. I'm. They're trying to do this festival, and the woman says to me, you know what, I, I, I can pay you, but I can't pay to bring you here. We've just spent a lot of money on what turned out to be it was a complete douchebag from Australia they were bringing in that charged untold amounts of money for all crazy-ass things that had a huge entourage and stuff. She said to me after, I'm sorry we brought that guy. But so a little innocent Sam, the cooking guy, she can pay me to be there, but not to bring me down. She goes, you know what? I've got a friend at the uh, tourism board here in New Zealand. Maybe they'd be interested in doing something. So the tourism board, she connects us. 
I have a conversation and I say to the person, let me, let me send you like a demo reel because my, I'm not like a traditional chef. Uh-huh. If, if you're, if you don't, I, I want to make sure you like my stuff first. Mm-hmm. And I like to take this humble, but from my heart back seat. I won't build myself up. Kelly says, we will, well, you said you're bad at promotion. I'm bad at promotion, but Kelly will also say to me sometimes, you got to speak more about you. I go, I don't talk enough. She goes, oh no, you're talking. <laughs> I talk all day long here. But she goes, when you're in like a, that kind of situation, don't be afraid to pimp yourself a little bit. So anyway, so I say to them, look, there's no point in having a conversation if you don't like my style, because my style is not perfect. If I drop something, I'm going to pick it up and use it. Same time, look at the camera and say, okay, don't judge me because I know 95% of you will do the same, will do the same thing. That 5% that get pissed because I pick up a pair of tongs and use it again right away, mm-hmm. I don't want them to watch. Don't watch me. And don't watch me and then write me a fucking email complaining about that I did that. Oh, my God. Just go away. Oh, my God. The what? people that, that, that literally email me to threaten me that their life's work now is to find a way to get me fired from radio because of the stuff I talk about on radio that's not sports-related. Do people not understand what entertainment is? They, they do and not. Listen. That's what you do. Yes, it's a sports-related version of that, but it's entertainment. And I'll say this. If you're not pissing some people off, then you're not doing anything really interesting. Say the same thing. I'm not trying to piss people off, and you aren't either. You're just saying stuff that comes out of your head. You sit there for how many hours a day? Three hours a day. Three hours a day. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've not tried to sit in front of a microphone and be interesting for three hours a day, (laughs) you should try it because it's not easy. I don't know that I could go that long, but the reality is shit's just going to come out. Mm -hmm. That's right. And sometimes it's not what everybody wants to hear. Yeah. I would argue that's some of the most interesting stuff. I mean, and not everybody finds everything funny. Okay. Sorry. So right. this was a, an attempted humor, and because it worked for some and failed for others, this guy actually, I swear to you, this guy sent me an email this weekend, and I went back and forth on them over the weekend. Relive the moment. What, what had you said? I had a guest on yeah. who's a friend of mine who's an outrageous talk show host in New York City. Yeah. He's about to take over for Don Imus, and he's kind of feeling thank, very thank bold. God. You know? Thank God. Yeah, so, I was a little long in the tooth. Oh, man. dude. I mean, he's like, I mean, I he's, he's really a much, much older guy. He had a show, doing. but I mean, he's, he has a huge following still to this day, believe it or Seinfeld not. Seinfeld went out when they sh- maybe arguably six months before they should, but still right. re- recognize when it's time. It is. It has been time. And, yeah. he, and he's handing off to fresh blood that he has helped cultivate. It's excellent. So um, anyway, this, this friend of mine, Sid Rosenberg is on the radio and we were talking about the biggest story that was going on the day which was Stormy Daniels and yeah, all this yeah, yeah. Trump stuff. Still. I mean, it's sexy. It's salacious. Yeah, of course. I mean, come on. You have a of billionaire course. president of America of banging some it. porn star. Well, this guy oh, no. heard this conversation yeah. on the air. Yeah. And the conversation turned to, it's just goofy locker room shit. Of course. It, you know, it, it's, it's, have you slept with a porn star? Would you like to sleep with a porn star? Yeah. Now, I already know that Billy Ray wants no part of this conversation, you know, <laughs> which makes it fun and uncomfortable, you know, and Sid can't wait to tell us, you know, and brag like he's been there, although we know he's, he's completely lying. And I'm just the guy who fantasizes, but is all bark and no bite. And this guy sends an email. Do you not realize that kids are listening in the car after being picked up from school? Don't you consider your own kids? And I'm like, I do. I do consider my own kids. I will get texts from my daughters in particular when I'm talking shit on the radio and they're like, dad, stop. You sound like an asshole. You know, I mean, I get that a lot right. from, I've got three daughters, 15, 14 and 11. So I get that shit a lot. But I wrote to the guy and I said, 
So let me get this straight. You're so offended by what's happened that you are now committing your life to calling sponsors and sharing the word to get me fired. It's that important to you. And I actually, you know what I did? I sent him the link to last week's podcast, which was done with this gentleman down in Florida whose daughter was shot and killed at Stoneman Douglas High School. And I said, here, here's the link to the podcast. Listen to a guy who's got real problems. Not that his kid may have heard the word porn star or the URL of a porn website. <laughs> Get by the, the way, fuck over it. You're on, you're on terrestrial radio, so you can't say anything horrible. Yeah, you're not, you're not really. It's just. Oh, listen. no, sorry. This was podcast. No, no, it was oh, terrestrial. Was, that was radio? It was real oh, radio. Yeah, okay, okay. So, yeah, so it was, it was, it was honestly, it was, not, it, was, it was relatively benign. Was it a little on the risque side? To it's your point. It's all fun. It's entertainment, for God's sake. That's the point. If you're not entertained, change the channel people are welcome to do that but i'm surprised though you wrote back oh yeah i I do see i used to i used to when i would get shit back in the day i'd write back well you don't understand i'm trying to do this and blah 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 and and finally one day i just went oh what am i doing to myself well wait let me ask you this though okay so this was an email yes how active are you on twitter you personally oh Personally, I never put things directly on Twitter and almost never on Facebook. I like Instagram and I link Twitter and Facebook every time I post something. Okay, so you handle your own social media and you post your own stuff. Well, you know, I think if you looked at 20 things in the past few days that I might have posted, Mm -hmm. probably a good half were for me and the other half were my assistant the posts, you know, new episode, this and new that. And so is, is your charity is your, stuff I might be doing? Okay. Is your thing. social media strictly professional or do you do anything personal on your social media? Oh no. Yeah. I mean, I posted myself with my crutches last night. I do dogs all the time. Every so often something from Kelly. What's interesting is the end of 2017 Instagram. Do you use Instagram? I do. Uh, Instagram gave you an option of showing your top nine posts. Okay. Little block three by three, right? Mm-hmm. One, one of my top nine from 2017 was fully food related. <laughs> the others were all this other stuff that people like. What is your um, Instagram? Uh, the cooking guy. Okay. I'm just going to take a look at it right now. Take a look. Go tell me what's there. Okay, I, I post pictures of food. I post pictures of stuff cooking. I also post, post pictures of my dogs doing stuff, which always get a lot of love. Of course, I'm posting about the restaurant. Okay, I'm taking a look at it right now. Yeah. So you got a nice following, over 17,000 followers. Yeah. Do you get to promote your Instagram handle on any of the infomercials that you do? Uh, no, we didn't do that. Do you want to? Um, yeah, I, here's the thing. I think if somebody is watching, they, they pimp the book, right? They didn't do those things. They pimp the book on the infomercial, the which book, is yeah. really actually good for them too because it shows you as a credentialized, exactly. published. Yeah. Maybe you know Sam Zion, Sam the cooking guy. He's mm-hmm. done this. Been on the Today Show a dozen, a dozen times. Has these cookbooks, blah, blah, blah. I think if somebody's watching like I would and if I like them, not having their Instagram handle or Twitter or whatever wouldn't keep me from going and finding it. Yeah, right. No, people can go yeah. find it. People go find it. But I mean, my goodness, if you're going to be on television all over the country, maybe all over the world. It's not about me. It's about Phillips. I understand. You know? I got it. Yeah. So. And I'm okay with that. That's cool. So, by the way, I, I always tell guests, especially those who are friends who are local, we don't have to get it all done in one day because yeah. I think this is an ongoing dialogue. Yeah. So, I really do love the story, though, and I think it's great that you shared it, is, is how 
you went and did what you did because after you went to do this whole adventure of of this travel show and then 9-11 happens and yeah there's no travel show there's no travel show shit's over no. so again this see this coach again i'll point at it i'm sitting there one morning in the days following 9-11 kelly stands behind behind me all super pretty going to work and she goes now what and i go what was she going to work to do she manages three hair salons so she was making a living She's making money yeah a living uh, and she goes, what are you going to do? And I go, I don't know, sweetheart. I'm going to think about it. And I'm flipping channels, and I come across um, maybe the worst cooking segment I've ever seen. When I say ever, I mean like I don't think I have ever, ever seen one worse. It was fall 2001. A chef was making butternut squash soup, wearing all his chef whites on KUSI. Local and TV local channel TV, here in San Diego. Local TV cannot shoot food properly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. fox that i'm on a couple times a month they have a kitchen and it's great they got it they got it down they've got a nice set but nobody else really does that mm -hmm. kusi who by the way the the owner mike do you know mike i know mike mckinnon yeah. mike mckinnon sure we were at a a um shower a wedding shower a week ago together mm -hmm. and i was talking to somebody and mike was there and this whole story came out and i go don't take this personally, but I saw the worst, <laughs> the worst cooking segment ever. And it was on your station. And I looked at that and I went, oh, this is terrible. Somebody should do that better. And then I went, oh, wait a minute. I have nothing to do. Maybe I could do that better. <laughs> I'm the guy. <laughs> Kelly comes home that day and I go, I've got it. She goes, what? I go, won't be travel. It'll be cooking. Short cooking segments. Not long. I want them short like the travel was supposed to be. She goes, honey, I think that's a great idea. Only one thing. I go, what? She goes, you can't fucking cook. She probably didn't swear. She didn't swear very And I said, but that's it, sweetheart. I will make things so simple that people will be able to make them watching. I won't be just showing off making an, uh, I don't know, a chocolate souffle. I'll make things that with simple ingredients you probably already have. And because I can't cook, I'm kind of going to be like my own weakest link. If I can make it. Everybody can. Okay. So you knew back then to call the Hong Kong tourism agency mm -hmm. to help get you over there. Yeah. So what did I do this time? Okay. So, yeah. So, so again, so I'm going to go so back call, to the beginning. How yeah. do you invest? How I much call, money are you going to call the crew? Okay. The crew that you went to Hong Kong with? Was going to. Now they couldn't go. So now I had to get the name of somebody else. Okay. So I had one guy. He comes and he shoots. I think I paid then him to shoot and edit this. To a 90 second demo i think i paid him five thousand dollars that by the way i could do for way cheaper now almost anybody could you do it on your iphone you do it on your iphone yeah but you you know you want to do it properly right because you're sending it to a station and it's got to be good look i had a guy tell me that he goes look uh he was at william morris he goes uh there was a tv station like an inside edition one of those news magazines looking for a new young anchor and so they put the call out and it was like uh you know we want like a male latino from i don't know what 28 to 33 whatever it was uh so they went to like some big agencies in los angeles and they go into like a conference room and they'd sit down with 25 tapes of people that like William Morris represented and they'd put the tape in and the person from inside edition would sit there and hit play. And the person from inside edition would give it five seconds. 
If something was wrong in five seconds, out it would come. Another one would go in. Looks great like the way the person's dressed. Oh, he stumbled over those couple words. Don't have time for that. Out it comes. Looks good. Sounds good. But like it was shot so shitty. Do they not care about that? Out comes the tape. You have a very small window to make an impression. So, so you paid him the five grand. I paid him the five grand. He shot it. He couldn't edit it worth a shit. I, and I didn't, I don't know how to edit, but I knew exactly what I wanted. So I drove to LA, sat in his little apartment and said, can you do this? Put this part here, put this part there. There was a moment when I couldn't find the whisk that I needed in any of my drawers. And he goes, all right, we'll just cut and you can find no, it. No, I want that in there. And I said, no, I want that in there. Yeah. And that felt normal to me because mm-hmm. I'm sure in my mind, that's how real people cook. We don't all know where everything is. Nothing's perfect in our lives. So I made the tape, made the demo. It was my, I say, it was my, like my Gone with the Wind or my Goodfellas, <laughs> which by the way, I just watched with my boys the other day. Goodfellas? Again, for like the third or fourth. They know time. it? You should watch it again. Oh, yeah. I, my 17-year-old son, One funny how. best movies ever. I'm here to amuse you, Henry. How do I amuse you? Like, uh, I make you laugh? I'm a fucking clown to you. You do that well. No, I love yeah, Pesci. Yeah, I love it's Pesci. so good. Yeah. So, um... So I sent it out. I, got, I managed to, 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 to scrap together four names. A guy at Tribune Media in Chicago. I never knew him. It was just like a friend of a friend of somebody or my father-in-law somebody. Do you remember Gina Liu? Mm-mm. Gina Liu used to be a news anchor here. She okay. gave me the name of somebody up in LA. Okay. She was my father-in-law's next door neighbor. I mean, I cobbled together these names and sent out my demo tape. Nobody liked it. In fact, the guy at Tribune Media said... On the phone to me, I managed to get him on the phone. You don't have a fucking chance. Wow. And then I think he realized the harshness of his words, and he started to backtrack. Well, you know, the market's bad right now, and ad dollars are down, and blah, blah, blah. So, so I said, all right, now I'm going to send it to a couple local stations just to see if they hate it or like it. If they hate it, then i got to rethink what's going on here. I sent it to Channel 7, to the president, Maureen Schwartz, because I'm playing the Jewish card. Damn right. I figured at the very least she might walk past her assistant's desk and see Sam Zion on an envelope and go, oh, what is that? <laughs> I'll pop that in. It sounds like, a, sounds like he's Jewish. A tribe name. I'll give him the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. That, that then, and her assistant, um, <laughs> a really lovely woman, called me, an English woman, and let me down. Like, Mr. Zion, this is Elizabeth calling from Mr. Schwartz's office. Just ringing up to say, we got your tape, loved it. Excellent, but it's not right for us at this time. So okay. that was that. And I sent it to a guy named Alberto Pando, who was the VP of programming at then Fox, Channel 6. Because I found his face on their website, and he looked like a nice man. And Alberto Pando called me after a month, apologized for not getting back to me sooner, and said, would love to talk to you about doing something. And literally within two months, I was doing a two-minute cooking segment twice a week on Fox's Morning News, Mondays and Fridays. And that was the birth of Sam the Cooking Guy. My first cookbook in the acknowledgments, I thanked Alberto Pando for being the first guy to see something in Sam the Cooking Guy. You only need one person to believe in you. It helps if you have more. But in whatever you do, you really only need one. You only need one wife, unless you live in Utah. (laughs) <laughs> you need one boss to believe in you, one guy to give you a shot. You have a flat tire on the side of the road, one person to stop. That's all you need. And that was my one guy, Alberto Pando. Well, your wife, though, who I don't know other than to say hello or having seen on TV. Uh, 
she is a... I think, Scott, that that one comment, when I came home and said I want to start a travel show, and she went, honey, that's a great idea. I think that says everything about her. <laughs> she knew how miserable I was. She yeah. knew I needed a way out. And in her mind, this was going to force my way out of it. Because I was comfortable there. I needed something. I kind of had to get crowbarred out of my seat. And if you're listening, and that's you, maybe you need some of that. Maybe you need a little push. I needed what I referred to as a career kick in the ass. And I, I found it quickly. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I got chills. I'm I ending really this. I'm chills. ending this right here. <laughs> no, seriously. That was awesome. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs>